Hi everyone, I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In the Moment, a podcast on acting, art, and life. In this series, I'm talking to AMAW, Anthony Mindel's Actors Workshop, alumni, clients, and students about the challenges and the joys of being an actor and creator in the 21st century. On today's episode, Tony chats with actress Lauren Compton about how to break out of being pigeonholed, recreate yourself, navigate the waters of social media, and how to never give up. All right, listeners, welcome back to In The Moment Podcast, and my latest and greatest guest is Lauren Compton. Uh, she's so like I haven't even given I just gave her coffee she's so like chipper and happy it's like 9am I know you're like good morning so hi Lauren what's happening so the first thing we have to tell uh, so I hadn't seen Lauren in a while and her hair is short and I was like oh my god your hair is short it looks really great and then she proceeded to tell me that it's short because her hair got stuck in a paper shredder god it's like fear factor so what, I mean, we just have to, like, were you, like, leaning over it? You know, I mean, I shouldn't laugh at this, because that is, like, no, I mean, there's an off button right there, so it's probably okay. That's, and it's also, like, <laughs> at least seven to eight feet away, if it were any closer. You would have, yes, I have a, I just got a paper shredder, weirdly enough, here at home, so I've been shredding some documents, but, um... Yeah, my mom got me this paper shredder. Okay. And she gives and you it to me. were shredding it. And she's like, you need to shred all your documents. Yeah, right. Past taxes. You know, you can't, yeah. like, just Leave throw them, them yes. in the trash. My parents said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. honestly, I'm like, mom, if someone finds my taxes and yeah. wants to pay them, that's, that's right. fine. Let them <laughs> go for six it. Six years ago, right? I don't yeah. care. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I plugged the thing in, and I just turned it on, and I left it on. And my hair was much longer, and I have it in, like, a top ponytail, and I'm probably listening to Britney Spears. I don't even remember, like, what I... The thing traumatized me so much that I blacked out. <laughs> I just like a giant blackout in my life at this oh moment. Oh, my But, God. you know the bend and snap, snap in the Reese Witherspoon, okay. Legally Blonde? Yes. And she's yes. like, bend and it's snap. That. And, and so, okay. oh my it was this kind of a move. I'm, like, dancing around in my apartment... And, um, <laughs> bent over to pick up these bills. Also, being lazy doesn't help. Right. So there's a pile of bills next to right. the paper shredder. I waited till the last minute to shred them all at once. And so I just, I bend down to grab the papers and my hair just perfectly oh, goes right shit. into this paper shredder. And I didn't even notice at first I just heard this and I'm thinking what is that sound and then seconds later and you know how fast that thing goes it's like cutting an inch a second and so four seconds five seconds later I feel the tug of my hair and I'm like and I press the stop button and I think I I sat there mortified thinking how do I retrieve all of my hair back? And you I don't. had to reverse oh, shred. Oh my god! Um, Did you scream? I oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah. yes. It sounded like someone was murdered. This is kind of like I wish. I mean, I do kind of wish like your boyfriend or somebody would have been there <laughs> and was taping you because these are the kind of things That's I watch with my boyfriend sometimes. Totally. Like we just to like laugh at like because nobody you know nobody was harmed in the making of this video, uh-huh. but yeah. Sometimes also, the hair gets but cut. But this is or... the stupidest person on the planet. Yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> it's like when someone I would watch shakes that up. On, 
Yes, I would watch that on repeat. Like sometimes, you know, when you watch one and you're obsessed and you'll watch it on loop a hundred times, I probably would have watched that, Lauren. A lot. I know. Yeah, I, I mean, especially if you scream, because I kind of like the girl ones more than the guys. Because, you know, guys just kind of, young guys especially, kind of do silly things. You know what I mean? They just like, oh, let's skateboard blindfolded or whatever. Let's just jump off a cliff, right? And so whatever. But girls kind of like, I don't know, it makes me laugh. It was a B-movie made in my house. Yeah, that's hilarious. Okay, but the good that came out of it is you got a really great new haircut. Thank you. (laughs) I really do like the haircut. But I have like those ghost pains where I'll go to like flip my hair. hair and I'm like, oh God, there's nothing there. That's hilarious. I can't even tell. I wouldn't have told that. Like, could have been able to tell. Like, thank you from the top. Now I just look like a like a Yorkie <laughs> when I put you my hair. When did this happen? This happened. I want to say this happened like a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. So it's been a while. It's okay. been a minute. All right. But, but then you like the, the cut. I've, so yeah. I've had, okay, yeah. And, and my good, hair actually. just doesn't grow. Okay. It's like we grew for you once. You <laughs> murdered us. And so we're not going to grow anymore. Oh my God. So this is also what my hair has done to me. It's like, you do this to us, we do this to you. Payback. Yeah, so my hair just doesn't grow um, very fast anymore. I feel like it's nervous. But this is a good look for auditioning. Thank you. Yeah. I do feel like it's a vibe. Yeah, no, It's like, for sure. it's definitely a look. It's totally youthful. Not that you're not youthful, but like, it's like... A fun fresh. Vibe. Yeah. I hate those words. Because those are buzzwords, you know what I mean? It's like a fresh, it's on trend. I heard that this morning and I was like, oh my God, we use these You're words. Like, I'm never going to use It's so those creepy. Words. It's just weird. Like, what do those words mean? But anyway, um, so tell, so t- like, let's talk about like your journey a little bit. Yeah. Because you like, you're always like churning it out. You're always finding a way to work. Yes. Yeah, I feel like that's the only way to be in yeah. LA. I was just talking to one of my friends last night. I was like, I don't know anybody that has a nine to five. Yeah. Besides my mom, but she's a nurse. So it's like, you know, other than an older generation, I don't know. Yeah. None of my friends have like a, a nine a, to five. A little proper name I also five. only have like two friends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Those so. of you who are listening, you might want to. Reach out to her after this interview and be like, hey, do you need a friend? (laughs) Well, yeah, nine to fives are hard when we're auditioning and being in class and like shooting things and like, right? Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. And um, I just felt, I feel like also I'm, I'm, I'm constantly doing like six jobs at once to also pay for all of my bills and stuff. So it's like. I'm just constantly working. It's more than a nine to five. Yeah. If I had a nine to five, I feel like I'd have a little bit more of a break because yeah. then I'd, I'd know when I start work and when I get off work. But I, I'm still sending emails at like eight o'clock and nine o'clock at night sometimes. So it's just like, it's a 24 seven. So how long have you been in the business? I joined the union. I guess I can just like start there in 2006. Okay. So I joined the union in 2006, but I was working for years before that on like non-union projects. Okay. And... Since 2006, I've done all of my professional work. And I haven't had a job, like, a regular job since since then. then. So That's um, what I mean. You're always, like, you're always just finding a way. You're always in something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the the good news is that when you start working with good people, they call you back. Yeah. So a lot of the people that I work with, too, I don't, I, it doesn't even come through an agency. It's coming through relationships I've built. Right. So people will just contact me directly. Hey, I'm doing a feature film. Right. Love to offer Bring you a role. Yeah, yeah. Do this. And so 
Um, I did a series regular on a show that's coming out this coming year. Okay. And the director called me directly and was like, I want to offer you this role to be a series regular. And it was only because I'd been working with him for three years. Oh, that's awesome. And so I booked that. And, um, but that's how most of my career goes. It's just through personal. Well, in many ways, I think that's the case for everybody. I think we like forget, like it is kind of a connection to somebody. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a friend of mine just put himself on tape for a new, I don't know if it's Netflix or something, but he, he got it because a producer friend of his in Europe recommended him for it. Yeah. I think even for really famous people. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, they get more opportunities because they're famous, but I still think a lot of the things down the pipeline come from, oh, they know somebody who's worked with them who recommends them for something. You know what I totally. mean? Totally. Yeah. And at the same time, I've been put up for guest star and recurring roles by the director and the showrunner is like, mm, yeah, I no, don't feel yeah, it. right, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've had three situations I can think of right off the being Mary Jane. I was put up for a recurring role, but the girl that got it looked like the mom. Uh-huh. So yeah. Yeah. I didn't have the right look, uh-huh. which I always find very interesting because it's not always about being the the judgment down to the best actor. Oh, never. It comes down to also oh my god, the look. Or, yes, or you don't look. You look too much like the other co lead, yeah. or you should be the sister and not the role. You know what I mean? Like I think actors forget about that. Yeah, yeah. very rarely, or they just get fixated on a look. Totally. Fixated on a look. And they are really just, they're so narrow-minded that they're like, this is what, that we have a box that this person has to fit in. Totally. And I've... It is weird how, like, like I just had a student who tested for um, the lead in the show and they flew him to New York and then he just found out he didn't get it. But he's Asian and... I was like, I haven't talked to him fully yet about it. We just chatted briefly. But like, you know, in the waiting room for that role, I'm sure it was a white dude, black dude, Hispanic, Asian, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? So if everybody was great, people just see whatever they want to see and cast that. It's not always, it's, I don't think it's really about talent. Although all we can control is our talent. Like Mm -hmm. not even control, but all we can like. All we have the capability of doing is going in and doing our work and then letting it fall where it needs to fall. You know what I mean? And I think that's great, too, because if it does come down to, like, two blondes in a room, yeah, then you need to rely on your talent yeah. and rely on the work that you've done because yeah. that's when that matters. Yeah. So I do think that sometimes, more rarely, it comes down to that. But that's the, those are the moments that we train for Yeah. is when, like, you know, they're like, which one of these two people? And they're like, well, this girl knows how to push herself and like obviously that was a more honest performance and well whereas the other girl didn't do that right. so there's those times too what's it like being a blonde in Hollywood now you know I because used- <laughs> it used to be all the blondes I used to teach worked like yeah like 15 years ago and yeah. it's harder now in a way I mean I don't want to put that out there because it's not it's like everybody works you know what I mean at yeah. some level but like because Hollywood is so reactive and reactionary. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, we're not hiring any blonde women. They all must be, you know. Yeah. It's I, weird. I, my last agent dropped me. Oh shit. Because, because of the of way it. I looked. Uh-huh. And was just like, you're 32, like, you're white, you're blonde. And this is also right after I wrapped my series regular role. Right, right. And I'm like, yeah, but I also just did like a really badass right. like role yeah. for we, months. Yeah. And I just got you your paycheck. Yeah, I yeah. don't even understand like why this is happening. And they're like, well, it's just not a time in Hollywood for people like you. And I'm just like, you're a moron. Yeah. 
it's kind of um, best that you're, you yeah, know what I mean? I was also like, thank you yeah. for being so honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, it's so like short-sighted because the pendulum is always swinging. And also, we need blonde people in a role. We need black people in a role. We need gay people in a role. Yeah. We need, like, it's just so crazy. There's ty- I mean, I, I think more than not booking work, I get typecast. So uh-huh. I constantly yes. go out yeah. for the prostitute right. or like the ditzy best friend, yeah. Yeah. you know, right. and so it's just, it's like, it's some of that too. And I feel like I just know that role so well. My, I mean, I want to address that in a second, but you know, my argument about the whole craziness of Hollywood is that if, if just since the beginning, people would just cast based on like the most interesting actor or the best actor, regardless of race, color, sexual preference, creed, whatever, then we wouldn't be in a reactionary. It's so systemic. You know what I mean? So like it's like the parasite effect. So now everything in Hollywood is like, everything is about, okay, we have to have an Asian cast. You know what I mean? Which is important and great. But if we just would cast, why has it taken so long? I'm dating an Asian guy, right? So like, and part of his, what he's really trying to push out into the world is that Asian men can be, and he's not an actor, but just being like leading men in terms of design and advertisement and product placement and TV and movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like Asian men shouldn't just be seen as leads in Asia, right? But that's like, duh. I mean, I, I'm saying that because, it, you know, artists probably see it that way because we see things you know, in a colorblind way, yeah. as opposed to the business, which is run on, oh, it's been done a certain way for so long. It takes something to jolt them into reactionaryism. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if we just would do it the right way, it just, everybody would be an all comer. It's just so maddening to me sometimes. Yeah. How... No one knows what they want either. That's true. That's true. I you find I mean? that a constant problem too with any kind of casting. There's times when people go in and they just don't. They, you know, whenever you you hear about a role and you're and they say that they've been trying to cast this oh, role right, yes. for like for a like month. a month. And it's like, and you're like, really? Is it that hard in yes, LA? Yes, I know. You no, haven't know. found one no, person. That is a really interesting point. I think they say that also because. I don't know. I think the cool thing, and this is why I think every actor has the opportunity to break through in a big way, even like you've been like doing steady jobs for a long time and you're still maybe looking for the big break, like it can still happen, whether you have zero credits or you've been working and are trying to get to the next level, whatever, is because I think people like to discover new talent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Mark, the Mark Ruffalo factor, because I remember when Mark Ruffalo won the Academy Award a few years ago and he was saying how... His first, like, 13 years in Hollywood, he could not... 13 years or something like that, 10 years. Yeah. He could not get arrested. And then he finally went into a casting office, and the casting director was like, Oh, my God, this, you're so amazing. Where have you been? And he's like, I have been here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I've been here every day of my life. Like, yeah. it's so crazy. In, in, Same thing with John Hamm. Uh-huh. Oh, I, really? He's, yeah. He was kicking around for a long time? A long time. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. And I remember, I think I watched an interview that he had, and his big break was Mad Men. Uh huh, yeah. But until that role came along, he didn't really do anything very relevant. I feel like a lot of those actors in Mad Men, nobody had ever heard of them. Yeah. And then they kind of broke through. Yeah, it's like they did just enough work to get by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. January Jones, I'd never heard of her or seen her. Yeah. uh, Elizabeth Moss, uh, Christina Hendricks, like they're all great in that show. It was good casting, but like, 
You're like, where did you come from? Yeah, right. Yeah. Which was cool, though. For a lot of them, I think they talked about that was their first big job. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But that is true about LA is they're like, yeah, we just can't find this role. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's so hard <laughs> to find There's like a million actor. actors here. It's like I everybody know. here yeah. is also an actor. Yeah. So. Well, also, I think that's also sometimes because certain casting offices rely on the same list that they have been given. And so they see the same actors over and over again yeah. as opposed to, well, maybe we need to go and see theater or like open casting to open casting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that happens a lot when they, when they say they can't find a role. It's because they're not seeing somebody match the role because they've seen that person so many times. You know, I get it. It's overwhelming. I'm not like, you know, hating on casting directors because I love casting directors. They're some of my closest friends. I think like, I think the challenge is, is that is a big job also though, because they have to vet people who are strangers to them and they don't even know if they can act. Yeah. So if they've never met you before and you've never come into the office, this is why I'm always telling actors it takes a while because I bring you in and you do a good job, but I haven't met you yet. Or that's the first time I met you. I have to make sure, I have to bring you in a few more times to make sure you're not crazy or yeah. you're professional or you're consistently kind of coming in and, and kind of showing me you can do the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's interesting too because a lot of people will go into those offices and when they don't book a role, they'll be like, what, what, yeah. what, what, what did they not see? Right. What, did they, what did they not get from me? And I have friends that will just be so pissed off at like not getting a role. They're like, I was perfect for that. And it's like, well, that's stop taking things personal. Yeah, you can't. It's <clears throat> not personal. And I, I tell a lot of my friends that. Like, don't ever take it personal. You need an acting class. If yeah. you're starting to take things personal, yeah. go back into a room and yeah. be surrounded with people and watch other people's work because there's so many great... Oh my God, so much talent. Oh my yeah, gosh. No, yeah, and forget. it's like yeah. eye-opening. Yeah. And then I remember when I was taking your class. Yeah. I, mean, I took your class so long ago. <laughs> and I remember I had to stop taking it because I started working so much. And it was like... That the, happens. It really... It was like <laughs> yeah. the biggest compliment to your studio because I was... Because when people ask me, oh, you stopped going to the studio, why did you stop going? Because I started working a lot. And then I would have like four to six makeup classes. And then I'm like, when in the world Are you gonna like, am I yeah. going to be able to do that? Yeah. And I just... I had to stop going because I just couldn't keep up with the training. But that's the point of class. Yeah, that's true. And so... Every time I would be in class, though, I would learn more from watching. Yeah, than via, doing it. Than doing it. Yeah. And so, I mean, I obviously I loved getting up and like doing the work, but sitting down and watching was so much more revealing because I was like, oh my god. And there'd be some people where I was like, I hope I don't ever ever look like that. <laughs> and then there would be other people where I'd be like, that was beautiful. Right. But it was like a whole like yeah, rainbow emotion. Yeah. <laughs> Or like also depending on the day or the role or the scene, like sometimes like, you know, you could crush it and then be like, oh my God, this is not a fit and this is not working. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think that there's no, um, I'm always saying like, you know, it's constantly moving targets, like of acting and like every time we think we've got it, we're kind of fucked because nobody has it. That's you when you get I mean? those wake up calls. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, so let's get back to like, so the typing is probably, I mean, everybody gets typed, right? sucks I always say too like I think sometimes we judge like really beautiful people or supermodels or whatever <clears> and we think like oh they get a free pass because they look beautiful but but they too are being typed you know what yeah. I mean everybody gets typed 
But how have you, so what do you do when you go in for those roles that you're like, okay, prostitute number 87? You know, I've started taking it as a compliment. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because I'm like, you know, this is a role that's necessary necessary for a project to move forward on. They need this. Everything is important, yeah. That's and right. so just because they're using my image, and also like anytime that there's a role where it's like, I, you know, I got my SAG card off of doing a Victoria's Secret model role. And at the time, I just was like, this is great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, you know, they think I look like a Victoria's Secret model. This is fantastic. Let them keep thinking yes, that. Yes, yeah. I'm only 5'4". Yeah. This is awesome. I'm like, I'm defying the boundaries. Yeah, that's hilarious. And then that sort of just ran for like 15 years. And then I got bored very somewhere in the middle of that. And I was just like resentful. And I'm like, do I look like a prostitute? Yeah. Like, is that what's happening? And, uh, and then every film, someone would want to kill me and see blood all over me and, like, some uh, horror flick. And it's like, it, I just got so in this typecast where it was, like, the horror film chick that's the lead that, like, might live, might die, you don't know. It's just an, a smorgasbord of films mm-hmm. that were all the same. Mm-hmm. And then um, just similar to, like, at, you know, these breakthroughs where when you think you have it, you have like an epiphany. And so I started just being really grateful then that I, that people think I look like this leading girl that is pivotal in the film. Mm-hmm. Or if it would be like a massive project, I would, I would, like I went out for um, Jason Statham's little sister in the Hobbs and Shaw movie. Okay. And so I tested for that and I ended up not getting it. I don't even remember why, but I went through like 12 weeks of like learning a Cockney accent with like a private teacher and um, I I did like this whole thing. And then at the end of the day, I didn't get it because they cast someone that I think he knew. Okay. Yeah. Right. I don't know. But even if not, it wouldn't have mattered. You just... Right. If you get that far, it has nothing to do with what you did or didn't do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, but it was so interesting to me because I put so much work in to getting the role. Yeah. And then I didn't get the role. Yeah. And I was just like, I just spent so much money. Yeah. And so time much time. and hard. And yeah, I get it. To like get that. But then I also walk away with so much knowledge. Yeah. And like a whole new tool in my toolkit. Yeah. And um, I was like, wow, am I going to go back to just being like this, like the prostitute and like all this stuff? Acting is like a shit show emotionally. Well, did you did you feel your feelings after that letdown? Um, probably not. Yeah, it's interesting. I had this guy. I was again saying he was in class on Tuesday night, and you know, I asked him. You know, that's a big deal if you're testing. They fly you somewhere, and they're testing you, and like, yeah, it comes down to you and a couple other people, or one other person. And then you're thinking like you did your work and then you get the call. Oh, it's not going any further. They're going another way. And I talked to him about, you know, how did you feel? And, and for him, I think it was a breakthrough in, he was like, you know, I just had to like keep it all together because I had all these people I I had to stay positive for like his mom and and his agents. And I was like, okay, well that's fine. But first taking care of yourself. So maybe it's, I think we forget sometimes like when you're invested and you committed time and money and artistry and passion and commitment to it. It's like we grieve those losses 
You know what I mean? So you have your feelings about it and then you can move on. And then you can go and be like, you know, you tell your acting teacher, oh my God, I didn't get it. But it's okay. Or you call your parents and you're like, I know that we thought this was going to be a breakthrough. And you know what I mean? That's also very interesting. The pressure that other people put Put on on you. That's so real. I I have just... uh, I, this movie of mine that I've been trying to get made forever, right? For 15 years. I've been doing other things, you know, but this one movie in particular has been like a passion project. It's come together, fallen apart. We've had names attached, fallen apart. Like, so on my birthday, like I was supposed to be in London right now filming, right? Mm-hmm. And we had, ha- we had the, the whole shebang. And then on my birthday, I got a call <laughs> that half the money fell apart, right? So I totally started bawling. Like, I just, it's been 15 years, and also, like, I think it's also what we attach to it. Like, for yeah. me, my, I really, it's something that my parents kind of um, went on the adventure with me, weirdly enough, uh, to interview some of the people that the movie is based on. And, you know, my parents are getting older, so yeah, like, I'm getting emotional about it. So I've attached all this extra baggage to it that has made it also a little bit more... Uh, I'm holding on a little bit more. You know yeah. what I mean? As opposed to, okay, it's fine. They, My parents still love me. Yeah. They were just here. They love me. E- even if I never did anything ever again, they love who I am regardless of the things that I do, right? And I think we as actors sometimes, not just from a parental standpoint, but for ourselves, aw, we only validate ourselves when we get the wins. Yeah. But validation needs to occur just by showing up and doing totally. it and you're pursuing your dream, Lauren. And like, you know what I mean? And we don't, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit because we compare ourselves to like, what happens when? Have you gotten that job? Not Calvin and Hobbes. What's it called? Um, Hobbes and Shaw. Hobbes and Shaw. I remember seeing it. Like, okay, we would still be here talking about the same stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, our, I think our lives change, but then they don't change. Yeah, no. But they and, change. And it's also just like, I did the series regular role, and I thought that that was going to be a career-changing. Yeah, I yeah. was like, oh my God, I'm a series regular on a show coming yeah, out yeah, that's right. on Netflix this yeah, year. Yeah. Like, I've made it. Right. And then like, it ends, and I go back home, yes. and... It's You're still the- having to do the laundry and take out the trash yeah, and fight yeah. with your boyfriend. And, and then, like, then, then yeah. like, literally two weeks later, my agent drops me and I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, wild. And then I'm like, okay, well, um, it's going to be so easy for me to get another agent. And then or I think, another job. Yeah, yeah. And then I send out my materials to like two other agencies that I was like pretty sure would like definitely want to like work with me. And they're like... Um, we're going to need to see like more of your materials. And I'm like, did you guys miss the part where I just just said that I just am a series regular on a show that's coming out? And and it's, no, no, it doesn't matter. And that's not, and I've learned that that's just not what it's about. It is a hustle and it just doesn't matter until like, well, I wouldn't even say until, I mean, I think that even the biggest actors in Hollywood and comedians are like a great example they get so pigeonholed where people are like, oh, like Jenny McCarthy <clears throat> has to be in a comedy. Right. I don't want to see her right. in a drama. Right, right, right. Of course. So yeah. when she like wants to get over there, it's probably even a little bit more challenging for her to get those jobs that are at that caliber. It's totally know? true. Everybody's box at some level. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's like, it's still, a, it's still work. And um, that's why I think unless you really love acting... 
it's just impossible to pursue. You know, I remember this was a, like 15 years ago. Remember when Anne Hesh, a lot of people may not even know who Anne Hesh is. Do you remember her? She was dating Ellen for, okay. she was Ellen's partner yeah. for a long time, I think. <clears throat> and in the like late nineties, she was like, she was in a big, like she wasn't a Bond girl, but it was something like that. She was like, um, like a huge action movie she was in and she was like, like kind of like the it girl. Right. Yeah. And I remember her saying something that I've ever forgotten. She's like, you know, every time I book a job, like, I think that, yeah, what you're saying is like, she realized like, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It's not, I wish I could remember the direct quote, but like, basically you still, once the job is over, you're still hustling for the next thing. And that it's not one thing that changes your career. It's the aggregate. Mm -hmm. Like it's the climbing of the ladder. And I think, yeah, I think that can be a big also letdown of like, it's almost like postpartum depression in a way, right? You like, you birth the baby and then you're like, okay, well, it was great. It was fun. I made money and I pay my bills and I get notoriety and maybe red carpet, whatever. But then you're like, okay, but things are essentially the same. Yeah. But that's like the human condition. I also think it's very interesting um, because I, I've i never believed this more in my life than just where I am right now, but like the po- the power of positivity. No, for sure. I, I even wrote, I wrote down this really interesting thing that is so sad, but I'm going to read it no, to yeah, you. No, yeah, of course. Um, this is how I feel about myself. And I wrote this on the way here because I have these thoughts that are like really negative and I have to write them down so that I can burn it. Uh-huh. You know? Okay, yeah. And uh-huh. I had this, uh, God, this is so, I, I couldn't even believe I was writing this. I was like, am I writing this about myself? Um, I said, and this is what, I said, like, on the way here, it really bothers me that in the back of my head, I have such negative thoughts. I have this constant feeling that I'm not good enough. It makes me inherently sad and fearful. It's difficult to tell myself positive things and really believe them, mainly because every time I try to do something really big, it doesn't last. Mm-hmm. People are constantly disappointing me, and I have this feeling where when I prepare for failure, I believe it won't hurt as bad mm-hmm. when it hits. Uh-huh. And there's something interesting about that because if you prepare for failure, what happens? You fail. Yeah. And it, yeah. and I have that like this weird thing where I'm I'm really working on myself and try every time I have that thought where I'm like, oh, I'm never gonna get this. I'm like, what am I saying to yeah. myself? Yeah, yeah, no, that's crazy. I mean, listen, I think it's also okay. It's like it's just trying not to let that thing become like the monster in our head that grows and grows and grows. It's yeah. sort of, it's just, I think we attach so much meaning to thoughts that for somebody, like when I'm watching you, hearing you say that, I'm not, I have my own stuff, right? But when I'm hearing you say that, I don't have emotional attachment to that because I see that to be not true for you. You know what I mean? Thank you. Well, yeah, but, but, but because of our own personal histories and our narratives and the stories that we pitch, it's loaded with feeling yeah. and energy. Which is generally negative, right? And also, I think, Lauren, for, for, I think the, the failure success quotient is always about, sometimes we say those things because we're so used to the familiarity of saying things about ourselves that are bad or cruel. It makes us, we feel comfortable feeling bad. And also, it keeps us in that space of like, 
well, who would we be if we stepped into this new level of success where we had to let go of that dialogue that we know ourselves as quote unquote failures? Yeah. It's much scarier to step into la. You know what I mean? Yeah. But everybody feels that. I'm telling you, everybody. This again, the big snow job is that we think like, and that maybe these are like really great lessons for you is you get the job. And then you're like, well, that doesn't change the work I have to do on myself. Totally. You know what I mean? Or a relationship. I think it's very humbling. Oh, God, yeah. In a really awesome way. Because I remember when I was little, I would always tell myself, like, if I was ever going to be extremely successful at something, I'd want to work really hard for it. Because I never wanted to take something for granted Mm -hmm. or be unappreciative. So I don't mind the work because it does make me feel like I've honed in and like I've really worked and I'm grounded. But still, even when I finished that series regular job, I was just sort of like a little flighty with this feeling where I was just like, (laughs) I just like did a really kick-ass job. Right, really cool thing, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and then then, like some things follow that that are extremely unexpected and I'm like, what the fuck? Interesting. But... Yeah, I... I also think, like, I wonder... I just had this thought. Like, I don't know if it's like this in other professions, because I've only been, you know, in this world since I was, God, my early 20s. But I also think because we get into acting, well, we love it and the expression and the creative aspect of it, but for a lot of people also, it's like not healing wounds, but a lot of it has to do with self-esteem and self-love and the external validation. So I think sometimes the fall is harder for people because if we are wrapped up in the validation of getting the thing, Mm -hmm. and then you realize like the physics of that are impossible. Like me getting, I think the fame part is attached to, the recognition part is attached to the value of who we are as people. But once you even get it, you still realize that doesn't change your value. That's so important. But I think that's the business, this business in particular has that. And I think people struggle with that. I also think that's why a lot of people are secretly depressed or have anxiety or are stressed in their like self-esteem bandwidth about that we don't want to come clean about, um, okay, well, this is great, and I like being on the show, and I'm glad that I'm employed, but it isn't solving the problems that I need to solve within myself. You know what I mean? And that's because people look in the wrong place yeah. to solve it. Yeah. Because if people need to work on themselves, then they shouldn't be looking for an external answer. But I think we do it unconsciously. Yeah. Because I also think, like, like weirdly enough the form of success in our business is validation. So it's a weird catch-22, right? Yeah. Like we want our work, weirdly enough, we just want to do the work, but we also, to do the work is to be accepted or celebrated by the business. Like we want our movies to be seen. We want our show to get picked up. You want to be chosen. Mm-hmm. Even though ultimately what we have to do is work first from a place of, doesn't matter if you get chosen. Yeah. yeah, that's when you get really free. It's such a crazy, like, conundrum and, like, ah. The, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you need to go in and fucking rip it and do your job because you just want to, like, have a great time in the audition room. And then if you get it, oh, that's great. But, like, but because we put the getting it in front of the experience of it, that's where it gets, that's when we don't get it, really. That's where I started creating my own content. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, there's that, too. Yes. You know, and that's I think important. that is so important yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I don't yeah. think Nowadays, enough people are doing so. that yeah. 
Because when you're creating your own projects, and my way of doing it is through like comedic sketches, even if they're just a couple minutes long, I will write out the whole script. I have a simple budget, probably yeah. like 500 bucks. Right, yeah. You know, and I can hire my camera guy who's awesome with sound and does color correction, and I can get a few of my friends in this thing, and we can shoot it in a day. Mm-hmm. And I feel so great once that happens because I'm like, I put this whole thing together. I chose me. I chose my friends, and I made something really cool. And, and But then how do you feel once you post it and you're like, gets why did we only? <laughs> See what I mean? I'm like, it's this is say, great I know. It's so crazy. But we want to do, we have to stay in that space of like how excited you are about creating it. Yeah. It's so crazy. Our, our, like the Instagrammableness of our culture, like, oh my God, I only got five hearts. You know what I mean? It's so insane. <laughs> I know. And like, it's so insane. And they've been talking about taking those hearts off of Instagram All for right. like ever. But we still like. And I'm just like. They're never like people would die. Yeah, like, there no, no, would no. be yes. traumatic heartbreaks. Or like, online. like if you like one of my photos, it says Lauren Compton and others. But of course, I click on all the others to yeah. see that. You know what I mean? It's just so insane. It like is. the whole thing is like we're trapped by in a logarithm that was created to make us. I think further seek validation from the outside. Totally, and I know I know a couple people that have like. Millions of followers, yeah. You know, like, I mean, millions. Yeah. And they are just lonely, too. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, and all of those likes and stuff, they get some sort of validation because they're like, they make a post and they're getting a hundred plus thousand likes. And so that probably feels good that whatever that is. that's the adrenaline ping. Right? You know what I mean? But then that, like, goes down. Yeah, it goes down. No, that's really the serotonin the level there is a, the science that proves that like for really? anything yeah 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 oh but that's gosh. what's also gross about these social media apps because they have the addiction um, gene oh for sure plugged into it so if I go and I get ding then it gives me a rush it's the addictive oh. rush you know what I mean also it's so another gross thing is that you can pigeonhole yourself on social media how I, like how so I have a friend that has like a couple like over ten million okay and she if she posts. Um, like a sexy photo, uh-huh. then that gets a bunch of likes. If right. she posts, oh. if she posts, oh no, of course, eating like, a yeah. burger, yeah. you know, in her regular clothes, it would get like none. You become a victim of what of your what branding is. Yeah. So yeah. whatever is popular. Yeah, I know. And that addiction. Yeah. You're like, oh, for me to get that ping of serotonin, yeah. I have to post something yeah. oh, that looks like this. Crazy. Yes, that's true. It does create its own like. Like machine. little wormhole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and then it, you start believing that if you put clothes on, or, you know, this is no. just as an example. No, 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 This is totally it, Lauren. That, that if you put those clothes on, then people aren't going to like you. No, of course. So you're sort of subject to this thing that you've created, and that's what's popular. I don't even have a million followers, and I'm like, or like anything like that, but like, it cracks me up. I'm always, you know, ranting to my friends, like... I'll post something about climate change because it's, you know, something yeah. I'm a big advocate of and, and, and I'll get like five likes, right? And it's like deep or funny like, or something. This matters. I know. And nobody cares. But then if I post something without my shirt on, I mean, it's crazy, but like yeah, something like, you it's know, true. either with my shirt on and climate change, I get a hundred likes or just with my shirt off, then I'll get like 5 billion likes. Yeah. And my boyfriend's always telling me, although he's totally, you know proactive socially in so many ways but he's like 
That's the problem is that these platforms are not really designed to make people think and feel in a deeper, no. you know, it's so it's a, it's it is troubling in a way that that it, it almost promotes the vacuous superficiality of the of our existence yeah. you know what I mean yeah. I get pissed anytime I see any kind of a text on my on my Instagram if someone writes like a long note and posts it I'm like you fucking idiot this is not what Instagram is oh, all right. about okay, we yeah. all know yeah. that that is not what you do yeah. and I fall into that thing okay. too yeah. I just go right past it to yeah. a picture because yeah. I'm like all I want this is like people magazine and all I want to do is I want to see all of the, the pictures I know it's crazy but right? you're right it is like us but magazine. It, I never thought about head, that. In my head, I I don't mean that. Right. Like I care. I care about what my friends are feeling and stuff. But like I I just there's this weird thing where I'm like I don't have time for that. I don't have I time to well, to read. See, we become victims of that. You know what I mean? It happens. People read now uh, vertically. Did you know that? No. They don't read horizontally. Really? I mean, like obviously, if you read a book, but like yeah. we are, our eyes are becoming accustomed to reading because on the screen. You're yes, you're scrolling. Like that. <laughs> Oh my god! So you're a comedian. That's something you can't see. What she just did, she just kind of went something crazy with your eyes. Cross eye, because it's like, well, that's how I feel. Like you're so close to something that you can't really see it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really interesting because, again, it falls into, like, that's something I would write, like, on the way back down the hill. Is I'd just be like, I hate that I don't care about what people are writing on Instagram. Like, mm. that should be the stuff I care about. You know, and, and it's just, like, all these topical. It's just so, it's so wild. Well, you just have to, I'm sure you do. You just have to policy yourself. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I feel bad. Like, I travel a lot, obviously, because of the schools. And, like, when I'm in other spaces, I feel so removed from the the bubble of not only just that, but Hollywood, but also what's funny is like I was in Korea in December and like, there are so many subcultures that we aren't even aware of that makes what I think it's great because it gives you context about how meaningless ultimately it all is. So like in Korea, somebody that I don't even know has 50 billion followers, which makes it see, we don't, American social media doesn't even recognize that because yeah. we think somebody who has 30 million is a lot. But meanwhile, in China, somebody is, cr- you know what I mean? Yeah. First of all, this is crazy that I'm even talking about this because none of it means anything in the big scheme. But, right, because how does that how does that translate into anything other than like a brand or making money? But beyond that, it, it doesn't mean anything, right? No, but this is but, like stuff that... But it's also fascinating to be like, oh, okay. So like we get so worked up about... And also I think actors do like, oh my God, I have to like, I, some, I was on somebody's podcast yesterday and they were asking like, do actors have to have like a social media platform? And I was like, well, listen, I think it's great because if I am casting you or I want to look, I'm thinking about casting right. you, right? Like actually tomorrow I'm interviewing for the podcast, two really great casting director friends of mine, right? And a lot of times they're casting my movie. And a lot of times when they suggest someone, instead of going to IMDb, they'll show me them on Instagram. Right. Just because I get a different, like, uh, a less fabricated, you know what I mean? Especially for actors. Now, there are other people on social media that brand themselves and have a certain look. But I would maybe see you not glammed up. And you're just hanging out with your boyfriend and whatever, right? And so I think that's a really useful tool. But I think people mistake that to mean I have to have a million followers. No, you don't. Just have yourself out there. You know what I mean? But what was I going with that? Anyway, I just think it's important then though to keep it in context that somewhere else somebody is going to have billions more than you. So you can't, you're going to just lose your shit if you keep hustling for like, I have to to reach 
28.5 million. Yeah, and I mean, there's some people, when I meet some, I met, I met a producer the other day, and I was like, oh, what's your Instagram? And he's like, I don't have social media. Oh, I love it. And I was like, I kind of love it. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you all right? Oh my God, Lord, that's what's hilarious. happened? No, good for him. Yeah, I know. My parents don't have social media. Right? And they are bombers. I Ugh. love it. They are like balling. It's so wild. And I'm just like, we've come into like, this what? age of like, with someone, <laughs> you know, it's, it's more shocking to me where if someone was like, I have 30 million followers, I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. But when someone's like, I don't have social media. I'm like, uh, uh, you're fascinating. Yeah, that's hilarious. Why? But also, like, this is going to turn into something else. Remember MySpace? Yeah. Okay. And you know what I mean? Instagram, it's going to become something else. It's also crazy that we're so worked up about it. I know. It. You know what I mean? It's, what does it mean? And, you know, I, mean, I don't... Anything. I'm sure that, like, they, like you were saying with the casting directors, you know, you, you see the profiles online. But, like, with actual work, aside from, like, a few brand deals here and there, I couldn't tell you that I've, like, actually booked a job. No, this is true. I don't think actors should ever worry about that. Like, sometimes I remember actors have got, were like, well, she got the job because she had 10 million followers and I only have two. But that's not true. At, at, every now and then there may be some weird side project where that's what they're looking for. But ultimately... Like it's pilot season, people are testing for things, and they look to see if you're online, but they don't. Yeah. It's not. It does not. Yeah, it does matter. not matter. It there's matter. there's actors that That's are right. that have been series regulars on shows forever, yeah, and they have like six thousand followers. Yeah, no, it's true. You know, yeah. and, and that didn't make or break their career. Well, it's also I think it took like executives and networks and brands to realize like it doesn't correlate. So like you could have ten million followers. And I cast you on my show because you're so popular on that platform. But that doesn't mean those people on that platform are going to watch your show. Right. You know what I mean? Which I think is also awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that they've tried that. I think that they've tested that like many times. They're like, let's just get 10 influencers right. that all that. have 10 million no. and we'll have a huge yeah. successful film. No. No. But this is this. that's the new form of the old school version, which they still try to do, which is let's put five uber famous people in this movie and it still tanks because if it's not something of you know something it's substantive even like that that will smith movie that just came out um something man what was the man oh um, i know what you're i see it, it, it tanked yeah well that just goes to show you right it's like it's not there is no it's always the x factor in this business and that's why anybody can break through at any time like mm -hmm. there's no formula although People like to try to recreate a formula because they think that will work. But we know, look again. Parasite is amazing. Like I was so I I was like it's gonna win, and then I was like no, there's no way it can win. But I was like of course it's gonna win, and then it did win. But to think that something like that did win just again disproves. Oh, it has to be an all English speaking cast. It has to have famous people. It has to be made for a certain amount of money. You know what I mean? There's always the outlier. And I think we are moving into a world more and more now where the outliers are going to become, I don't want to say more mainstream, but more and more outliers are going to find a way into the mainstream. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is exciting. Yeah. And I think it's great. I, I feel like I love broadening the picture yeah. and not being, and having all these different people come in to make some, a project. And I just feel like when it comes to people like me, Right? Like I'm the blonde white chick. 
you know, and I see that. It can also sometimes, I go into my own head and it's a little scary because it's very foreign heavy, mm-hmm. you know, and you mm-hmm. see all these foreign people that are like really crushing it because it's a great time yeah. for them. Like yeah. people, their awards are being won all over the place for anything that's foreign. So it makes it a little difficult. And it's, it's, a, it's like, it's also like a catch 22 because I don't want everybody to look the same in a film and I don't want everyone to be beautiful. I want to see characters. I want to see like all this different stuff. It's just so hard to be fair. It's like, what is fair? What's unfair in Hollywood? And and things are sort of on this like, um, like a teeter totter of who, who's up and coming and then who's not. Mm -hmm. And, but that's, but I think Lauren, that's been happening forever. Right. And then those people who, I mean, look at Renee Zellweger, everybody wrote her off over the last 10 years and then she reinvented herself. And you know what I mean? Like she even commented on that. She's like, look, I'm back, but I've never had gone anywhere. Like she took time off to like for her own mental health and like getting the fuck out of the business. And you know what I mean? And then somebody gets sort of, um, I think penalized for that. And then she had to kind of claw her way back. Like, so I think it's all relative. Yeah. I think that's the thing we forget is wherever we are on, you know, the ladder of our journey, like we compare it to somebody else who seems to have it more, but then you realize they're also on the ladder of their own experience. Which is really inspirational. And have you seen Uncut Gems? Oh yeah, for sure. I saw it last night. Oh yeah, it's really great. And I, I Look thought... Look at Adam Sandler, I mean... So inspirational. Yeah. And I don't even like Adam Sandler. Yeah. No, I, no, I get it. He's, when I've yeah. seen his comedies yeah. and stuff, you I'm don't like, get it. Yeah, I get it. Ugh, yeah. Like, this is, you're so annoying. Yeah. And I saw that movie last night and I just, I saw him. Yeah. For the first time. No, it was really time. great. And I was they just, were all great. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that movie was so well cast and so well done. And look at that girl who plays his girlfriend. girlfriend. She never acted before. That was her first job. Really? Yes. And she's just like, I've seen interviews, she's just like how she is in the movie. Again, which is, of course, my whole philosophy about you can't really act these characters. You know what I mean? Like they come through us. And so it's, I don't know, it was really awesome. And she was awesome in it. Yeah. Totally honest and funny and weird. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that the, that whole movie, and I, I I made the mistake of watching it at like 11 o'clock at night. Okay. So I was also like, oh my God, how do I go to sleep now? Yeah. I had to like do some breath work. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and oh be my like, God. okay, clear yeah. my head and then go to yeah, sleep. Yeah, I know it was really stressful, that movie. It was so yeah. stressful. Yeah, for sure. Um, But it just, the, talking about rebranding, Adam Sandler like totally showed a whole side of himself and I was just like, wow. You know, and my, and my boyfriend said the funniest thing too. He's like, um, you know, I didn't see him break character once. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that would be so weird. Right. To to even see that in a movie at that level. That's hilarious. Like that's, well, maybe because we have this idea that who Adam Sandler is, but again, that was all Adam Sandler. He still had like his annoying voice. He was annoying in the movie. Like I was like, I was so sad at the ending, I don't want to give it away. But I, half the time I was like, oh, he's so irritating. Yeah. He needs to be punched in the face. Seriously. You know what I mean? But that's also Adam Sandler. Totally. But it was so 
I love that Casey's like, he did not break character. Yeah, and I'm like, I wasn't even looking at that. <laughs> at that, yeah, that's like, hilarious. That's, and I told him, I said, look, that's what you look for in class. You're right. Yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you're doing a, a but, film at that level. But also, Lauren, like the thing is, is he probably did break character a number of times and those were aborted takes and takes that they didn't use. True. Those takes on the cutting room floor and the digital wasteland. Then they put it all together and they put the best stuff together and you see the best performance. That like we can all do it. That is such a great point. Well, we forget that. Oh my God. I just was working on a big movie in, in London and, and somebody from Uncut Gems... One of the leads is in this movie, mm-hmm. and she's amazing. And yet, like you see in a take, she makes mistakes. Yeah. They're not going to use that take. No. Did she break character? I mean, I guess it just didn't work. So then you try another take. When we put that movie together, she's going to be brilliant. You know what yeah. I mean? We forget. Like there's a lot of assistance. I you know when I, mean? I watch a scary movie, I always have to remember that there's an entire camera crew on the other side of that person. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, right. There is yeah. 50 people yeah. on the other side of this clown yeah. holding a red balloon. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. And then and it's it's the same thing where when they do make a movie, I'm sure that Adam Sandler fucked up and of broke course he's human you know oh my gosh. and and maybe he just wasn't feeling it one day yeah who knows no for sure but the editor's job is to make yeah. sure that that doesn't make the actual yeah. cut actually i think editors are the ones that sustain sometimes character you know what i mean yeah. they put it together yeah totally well lauren let's do a speed round really quick because okay. this is how fast it goes it's like already been also casey hour. i love you i love oh. making fun of casey, you too we love making fun of you. <laughs> I don't know where my speed round He's going to watch this and like roll his eyes and be like, oh God. The one time she talked about me. That's not what I meant. (laughs) All right. I don't have my list, but I'll kind of come up with it. Okay. So what's, um, what's something you can't do without? Uh, I would have said my hair, but that got shredded off. And you learned a little bit about it. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just take that as your answer because that's brilliant. Um, What's your favorite movie of all time? French Kiss. With Meg Ryan. Oh, shit. I love Meg Ryan. You know, she's out of the business. For real, for real? Yeah, yeah. There was an interview about her in the New York Times not too long ago. She's married to, not John Mellencamp. Is she married to John Cougar Mellencamp? I, I think, think she so. Is. She's like, she's like, Hollywood is something that I loved being a part of when I was younger, but I don't have the desire to do it anymore. Well, Kevin Klein is in it, and he's. I love Kevin Klein. Too. He was great, too, yeah. So- um, okay, cool. I'll have to go back and revisit French Kiss. The youngins are like, what is that movie? I think you can only get it on DVD. Oh, right. Yeah. I there are DVD movies player. like that. Oh, wow. You really it. love it. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Um, what is, who is your favorite, who is a celebrity crush? Oh. A male or female? Um, Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. Love her. I love her. I love her hustle. I love Yes, she, she works hard. She's grinding it. For many, many years, she did not book yeah and that's so right. she would submit herself and she represented herself Whoa, and i, I think that. that is awesome and she, yeah she yeah. for like years yeah she was out there like pretending she was her own manager yeah. or Whoa. there was something like that uh-huh. i don't know the exact story but yeah. she submitted herself and she represented herself okay cool for a while yeah um, so I would say Charlie Theron for female, and then I love Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, okay. I think he's really cool. I okay. love how charming he is, and he can be really serious or really funny. I, I always have a smile. Okay. Even when I talk about him, I'm like, oh, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> um, what, how would you describe acting in one word? Educational. Whoa. Okay, deep. And last question, how would you describe love? 
educational. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Oh my god, it's so true. Relationships. I are mean, both educational. of those. Both of those because That's I'm right. constantly learning. Learning. Yeah, we're and learning. I'm constantly growing. Yeah. And forgiving. Yeah. And it's maddening sometimes, but yeah. it is learning. And I do yeah. feel like those things are like on a super parallel. Yeah, that's right. I always describe love as this moment right now. I'm so glad you were here. Thank you for So Lauren, me. tell us. Uh, yeah, it was super inspiring and fun. So this is where you can find Lauren. Well, what's the name of the show? Can you say what the show is? Yeah, it's called Salvage Marines. Salvage Marines. I play and it's, a Marine on the show. I could show. see that. And it's coming out. It's coming out this year. Okay. I don't You're know not the sure date. Yet. On Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Watch, watch for Salvage Marines. Yes. It's awesome, Lauren. Thank you. And where can they find you on the socials? Instagram. I am Lauren Compton. Um, I'm not really on any other platforms okay, like cool. too much. That's okay, just cool. pretty much the only one. Okay. So heart her stuff so she gets her <laughs> addictive pain. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Check us out on anthonymindle.com for online acting classes, free creator series, and more. We're also on social media at AMEW Studios. Thanks for listening.